0: Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today I'm joined by Kirsty Heap, a neurodiversity coach. So welcome, Kirsty. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, thank you. So yeah, I'm dyslexic. I think that's probably the first bit I want to kind of say because a lot of people don't understand what neurodiversity is. So I'll probably touch on that later, but my background is in HR and operations management. Within the education industry, within the UK. And that's where I spent a lot of time being a senior leader. But I wasn't always open about my dyslexia or neurodiverse condition. And that's probably kind of what's brought us here today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could imagine a lot of people, and you know, it's one of the things in the world today. Nobody wants to talk about issues. Um, but sometimes, you know, you'd be surprised, one, how many other people have the same issues and nobody wants mm. to talk about it. So they need that one person to just, open up and sit and then they could say oh my god like that same thing happens to me you know so I'm glad that you're being outspoken about it.
1: So yeah and it was really important to me because like you've kind of touched on that it was I refer to it as suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I did for a number of years. And then when I became open and said look I am dyslexic these are the strength it brings mm-hmm. yeah these are the challenges but these are some of my kind of strategies. Mm-hmm. That was where my whole concept shift about actually what I wanted to do in my life which is why then I left that HR industry set up my own coaching practice to really focus to help neurodiverse individuals but also help those companies understand what is neurodiversity how do we help people why should we help people as well
0: Mm. and
1: bring that all together
0: yeah good so tell us how does dyslexia uniquely shape the way you perceive and interact with the world
1: Yeah, and that's a really interesting one, because the thing is, I was diagnosed when I was seven, so I've always known I'm dyslexic. So it's always, it's just platted with me. So it's quite interesting to try and work out which bits shape my perception and my interaction with it. There's definitely still stigma around that in the sense of i feel more judged by other people you know, will people be thinking negatively about my dyslexic condition because they don't understand it mm. it will there are funny little elements that i'll do so uh, like if i go to a restaurant i will never read out what i want on the menu doesn't matter what it is i just point <laughs> <laughs> because it's i find it very difficult to Blends words of sounds together, so I can't do that. So if there's a word there that I don't know what it says, trying to take a guess at it, it it's not going to work well. That's all I say. It'll bring a laugh, and sometimes that's fine, but it's definitely just being aware of things like that, and also things take longer for me to do. Right, so it takes me longer to process bits, so that can take a little while, but it's also I've realised my problem-solving strength with it is a real key strength. And that's because I will come up with solutions to things that quite often are different to what other people will come up with because I'm seeing things from a different angle. It's the big picture thinking and being able to look down on a kind of strategic idea, follow through, and be able to identify those problems can be really, really helpful. And it's all the little things I do to maintain focus. Yeah. And I, I was been studying for an exam recently, my coaching exam, which I passed first time. <laughs> yeah. Um but, but as, soon as I was revising, I was like, wow, I'm eating biscuits here as a way of maintaining my focus. Yeah, the biscuits <laughs> aren't helping me to revise, but they are definitely helping me to revise at the same right. time. <laughs> but it, it's quite interesting how I will do different bits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've also realised that my resilience and determination are really high. And, you know, other. I had it in the workplace where someone said, oh, you won't be able to get funding for that sports, um, new sports field. Your predecessor hasn't been able to do it in their predecessor. And it was like game on. <laughs> <laughs> should learn <laughs> this is how we do it and it was part of that determination of don't tell me i can't do something right. because now i want to strive to kind of really redo it right. um, but there's other elements where i've realized as the world's kind of developed because i grew up when mobile phones weren't around i really rely on things like google maps really rely on the technology and their technology I find is really helpful for me to be able to do things quicker. Um, I don't have to remember things so much. Yeah. I, If I met you in the street and asked you to tell me directions, I'm not gonna remember what you said. So that's where that reliance can come onto things for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think just negative judgment from others and experience has meant I'm very sensitive to rejection. And I love getting feedback and constructive feedback, but I also have to share with people. Sometimes you need to share it with me, but also tell me what I've done good because I can very easily and clearly see the negatives, but I can't always see those positives so easily. Mm It's funny cause
0: that seems to be a way in life, like even with employers, they just say in general too, everybody notices what you did wrong, but nobody tells you what you did right. And it's, you know, typical, you could be a straight A student, blah, 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 fail one test and it's like, oh my God, you failed this test and everybody's on you, but it's like, that's the first test I ever failed. I've got, you know, but nobody notices that. Yeah. No. So.
1: And it's really important if we know what we're doing well, then that can help us build on the things that we find that we're struggling, right. but also, if we know what we're doing well, that's that's really helpful. Yeah, yeah, you grow from that. And it's funny we oh, mentioned about the
0: uh, the relying on technology because I'm the same way. Like I, I everybody knows their strong points. Like my, my husband, he knows directions like the back of his hand. He can drive someplace once and just memorize it and blah blah blah. I literally at, back in the day, same with you. Before cell phones, we had our GPS. Now it's on the phone. And I could take the same trip a hundred times, but I only rely on what the sun because I'm not a directional person. So to explain to me doesn't mean, so I'm the same exact way. If I lost my phone or had no signal, I'm completely lost. So we know, but you find your strengths. I might be bad at that, but good at something else. And again, if people don't tell me what I'm good at, you just go through the world wondering, I'm just a failure, but you are good at a lot. You just have to focus on what that is. I get
1: it. (laughs) Yeah, it is. We just need to focus more on those strengths and enhance that. And yeah, people don't always know what they're good at. So let's tell them and help them. Yeah.
0: Now tell me, what are some of the uh, common misconceptions about dyslexia that you encounter in your
1: work? Oh, um, that I can't read or write. Mm -hmm. I can read. I can write. Do I spell things wrong? Yeah, sometimes. Oh, that's another one spell check takes all your worries away yeah (laughs) no because part of dyslexia is i might use the wrong word and i might spell it correctly spell check's not going to help me with that and there are so many words in the english language that you where were the two different sorts of key the two different sorts of night it won't pick up things like that right um Other things are that it affects your intelligence okay. and it really doesn't. Oh, you're outgrow it. <laughs> no, I'm i am I, I, in my late 40s. I'm still dyslexic. <laughs> I haven't outgrown it. Um, there's also the fact of it is unique. So as much as, yes, there will be potentially some similarities, that it's also very unique to an individual so my son is dyslexic or one of my kids is dyslexic his dyslexia shows up in a different way to what mine does so it's needing to understand that individual um other misconceptions oh it's down to bad teaching that can be one you can't be a senior manager or a leader with dyslexia and that you're not trying hard enough if you just tried harder if you just proofread that document, oh, that, that even just saying that, <laughs> I can feel the sensation in my body wanting to just. <laughs> it is true though, because even
0: like my grandson so is a non-verbal autistic. And same with mm-hmm. autism, they have various variations of it. And everybody, well, no, 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 it goes, I knew somebody and this is, it. everybody is different. So what worked for them, doesn't mean that it works for everybody. Or just because this person had this great success, doesn't mean, so it is annoying. I totally get it where everybody, I don't know as much about the subject, but I can imagine that it is different variations. So just because one person had one thing doesn't mean that that's everybody. So everybody's an expert, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like me saying about with the kind of sounding out words. So, and the blending of sound, kata. I don't understand how people get to cat and why isn't it K-A-T? And I've never been able to do that. I think it's called the phonological kind of sounding of them in phonetic. My son, absolutely. I'm just like, well, we're both <laughs> dyslexic, totally right. different. different. Yeah, Yeah. I don't like open plan offices. I know someone who's dyslexic that loves them. Yeah. So it's it is, it's not excusing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I can imagine just, I would be the same. I'd be so furious if everybody tells you exactly what you should be doing. So you're not me. It doesn't, you know, and <laughs> the same with any situation. Like I just had, um, I think like I suffered from an accident. I had a traumatic brain injury and there was an article that was put out and so many people were making these comments. Well, how could you have done that? And they, like basically blaming me, it's like, no one has the same exact injury. Nobody has the same exact, so stop telling me what I felt or what I did because you're not me. So I totally can get your frustration. <laughs> but I guess yeah. on the bad side, tell us the, you know, the strengths and advantages that come to having dyslexia.
1: One of it has got to be the my vivid imagination. And like I say, there are different things that will come up for other people. So for me, the vivid imagination is fantastic. Now, that can help me when I was a younger parent making up stories for my children. As a child, I used to scare myself with my imagination. (laughs) But that vivid imagination also will really play into the point with my problem solving skills and finding different solutions to things. It can be very much linked with the the conversationalist aspect in the sense of making conversation and being able to verbally explain things
0: mm-hmm.
1: can be a real strength. There's definitely an element that comes in with being able to record memories in the form of stories. Okay. So that can really help.
0: Yeah.
1: Empathy levels, I would say is a massive strength because I have struggled with things. I've got back up, I've found a solution, I've got over it. I can relate and understand to other people's struggles in life. And that empathy can be a real key thing. And that I think I used a lot within my HR side of things and I know I use a lot now. So I'd probably say they're my main strengths, really.
0: Yeah. 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 It's funny because um, I guess everybody's kind of different. Like I was not the same with you, but like struggled growing up and, you know, had, um, uh, you know, basically work my way from the ground up, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of, I never treat people bad because I knew what it was like for me to, you know, work 18 hour days struggling with two kids. Well, you know, like you kind of where other people are kind of like, not my problem I climb the ladder that's yeah it's just weird how some people have that complete opposite so I'm glad that you have the empathy um because that's awesome yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and I think also that data kind of seeing seeing patterns and being able to recognize patterns whether it be in data whether it be in situations definitely within my HR side is Mm -hmm. being able to go oh hang on there's a pattern or a repetition here, whether it be with the person and the attendance or whether it be with a department and the amount of kind of issues or complaints that were coming out. I was able to go, Oh, well, hang on. We need to look at things here. So definitely being able to spot that earlier than what other people may be able to, or yeah. Connecting the dots as they say. Yeah.
0: yeah everybody has the role. Like I said, even with the autism, you hear so many people were like, they might, not have these skills, but they could be phenomenal artists or phenomenal musicians. Like they have their own unique skills. So while you might struggle with this, you probably have way other skills that what they consider a normal person wouldn't have. You know, so everybody has their unique specialties, which is how it comes out. Yeah, Exactly. So now what strategies do you find most effective for managing the challenges associated with dyslexia?
1: For me, I would say my biggest one is actually my organization, which ironically is something that dyslexics are meant to struggle with. But I think because I've worked so much on the strategies within the workplace, everyone was like, God, you're so organized. And it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> because I have strategies and I stick to them. So it can be really simple things in the sense of I lay my clothes out the night before. Like I said, I'm in my late 40s. I still do that. Yeah. It works for me. My diary is totally color coded. So all meetings are in blue. So blue is a non negotiable, it can't be moved. But then all my admin tasks I do is a traffic light system. If I move it, then it goes from green to amber. If I move it again, it goes to red. Red again is non negotiable, it can't be moved. But then I started getting inquisitive about what tasks were moving. Hmm why was it always this task that was moving and quite often it was a report for kind of to the board level and I realized that I was always scheduling it towards the end of the day <laughs> and yeah, most people don't want to come in on a Monday morning and write a board report right hello I do it seems to work for me hey that's all that matters it works <laughs> yeah and it's working out what strategies and where my energy levels are mm-hmm. that can be really important and it's scheduling things mm-hmm. scheduling things scheduling in the time it's going to take to go and get somewhere. looking at the amount of meetings I may have on a day and go actually anything over four hours is not going to be productive for those other meetings mm-hmm. One of the biggest um, things I found helped me actually linking on with meetings was making sure people shared documents in advance. Because my processing speed is slower, if you share it with me in advance, then it means I've got time to read it. I've got time to absorb, reflect and come back in two days time at that meeting with some really critical information about what's worked about that, let's say, policy document or what hasn't. So I noticed that was really key, not only for me, but for other people and had a massive impact on our whole department, because we realized we didn't need so many meetings because people were having time to actually think about it. So that I'd say is probably, what are some other ones? Oh, changing the font size, (laughs) making sure the font size is right for me, the line spacing. So if someone sends me a document, And I don't like the font size, I change it. And even a book, I pick up a book, I open it, if the font's not right, it goes back on the shelf. I would love it if I could order a book off Amazon and go, This is the sort of font I would like, please. If we can make those changes, that would be great. No, but it is true. It's what
0: works for you. I mean, because I'm, you know, 54 and it gets to the point where like even with glasses, carrying out my magnifying glass, because I'm like, wait, what's it saying? I mean, so yeah. it's the same. If it's a small phone, it's useless to me. I can't do anything with it. I'm not going to spend my entire day seeing, or the biggest thing now, taking a picture with your phone and enlarging it.
1: Ah, and enlarging it up. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, so you yeah. have to do what works for you. And, and that's going to make you a lot more productive, Um,
1: you know, get stuff done faster. So I get it. Oh, definitely. And isn't, it's even looking at that, the way we talk to ourselves. So catching my negative chitter-chatter and reframing that. Yeah do I do it perfectly every time? No, I'm human. But it's being aware of it and making sure we do look at changing things. And I think one of my biggest strategies also is planning my time in the sense of I've worked out that if I go out in the morning, I love nature. Nature for me is a really calming, really grounding place. And if I spend half an hour out in the morning, no matter what the weather is, that has a massive impact on me for the rest of the day. Mm. So when my frustration comes up, when I can't spell phenomenal, it doesn't bug me so much.
0: Mm.
1: I just use kind of my AI tools to help me, or I just am able to kind of just let it go. Mm. But I wasn't able to do that before I actually spent some time doing me in the morning. Mm. That half an hour, yoga, meditation, for me, it's walking and, yeah. and journaling. Yeah, that's awesome. Everybody needs to spend, because it's true.
0: Everybody wakes up, jumps out of bed, I gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta do that. I'm the same way. I get up in the morning, I have my routine. I do the same stuff every day, but I'll get up, I'll go on the treadmill, I'll watch my shows, You know that I had taped the night before, so I'm on there. And it just kind of sets me into the mood of, now I can start my day. But if I don't get to do that, I feel like I've missed something. got You know, You just jump right into stress, stress, stress. So you need that me time, however it is. So I'm with you. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But it's amazing the amount of people that aren't aware of that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a real golden nugget. And I I get when we've got young kids, you know, I've got five of them and they're all adults now. But when you're trying to fit in that time, that is hard. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to find a way of... Maybe it can't be half an hour. Can it be five minutes? Yeah. Can it be arriving to the office and actually sitting in the car, say, and doing something before you enter that workplace? Mm. What can you do?
0: Yeah, no, well, people need that. And I guess it's not stressed enough. No. Now, how do you approach goal setting and business development for a sole trader who's who are neurodiverse?
1: Okay, so this is an area I really love actually. So <laughs> it's also for me being going, what are those personal goals as well as those business goals? Because I feel if you can bring in both elements, that can be really helpful. I will also look at what is it about that goal that's important to that person? What's that emotional connection? Because if if there's not an emotional reaction to that goal, then are we really likely to do it? I wanna see someone's face light up with that goal. And it's also looking at goals that are different size. So for some clients, we will have smaller goals, middle size and much larger ones. Right. Because again, it's about building that confidence up as well for some people. And it's, it's breaking it down into steps like you would with anybody, but it's also being aware of those neurodiverse conditions and the strengths they bring and also the potential challenges that person will encounter to really work with them from that person-centred approach. Mm-hmm. And it's remembering, you know, before we climb a mountain, we don't always see the top of it. Mm-hmm. You've got to take that first step. But when you get to the top, seeing those views,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is the goal, but you've got to enjoy the journey. If you don't enjoy the journey to get to the goal, to me, what's the point?
0: Right. No, I- you've <laughs> got to have
1: that kind of bit and reflecting reflecting on that goal as we progress through to see what worked well what didn't do we need to adjust this goal and being okay with that adaptation Mm -hmm. when things don't go right that's fine that's how we learn right and that's what people need to understand
0: too if it didn't go right it is a learning experience it's not that you failed it's not that this didn't work why was I so stupid to even think I could do this Okay, you learned what not to do. Now let's try a different approach. And then you make it again now. Now, okay, we'll try yeah. this. If that didn't work, try that. Eventually you're gonna make it. And then look at how proud you are. Like, wow, what I just did, you know? Mm-hmm. Seeing it from the that's... right perspective.
1: Seeing it from the right perspective, changing your perspective. Mm-hmm. And it can also be about recording down all the things you have achieved. Mm-hmm. And when times go and get more challenging, spend a bit of time looking at that. And reminding yourself about all the things you have done. Yeah.
0: Well, tell us in the workplace, what are the key strategies for neurodiverse individuals to work smarter and more efficiently?
1: Understanding their strengths, like we said, I would say is the real key thing. And it's about having the space to be able to create those strategies and having a safe space to be able to talk them through. It can also be about... For me, things like two screens, that really helps me. Having a standing desk, having AI software. having it, You've got to have a culture, though, or an employer that is creating that safe culture to actually yeah. talk about this. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, then that's where it's not going to be so helpful.
0: Right.
1: And to me, it's also about sharing the communication style that works. So I have on my emails that I'm proudly dyslexic. Now, I do that for a number of reasons. One, because it helps people understand that if there's a mistake, actually, they might be more forgiving. So it reassures me. But what I realised was by doing it, I'm creating awareness for other people about dyslexia as a whole and hoping it will empower them, which I have had really positive responses about it. But I also realized I wasn't checking my emails normally. Normally, I'd reread them probably about eight times before I send an email. That was reduced to three. And I was like, wow. So that straight away quickened up my speed of doing things. But it also, I found, had an impact where companies were looking at it and going, oh, you've inquired about this training. Notice you're dyslexic. Do we need to do something to adapt our training to help you? That's, that to me was like a golden email coming through that I was like, wow, someone has now really taken this to the next right. level. This is what we're talking about, about creating that awareness. Yeah. So it's being able to share those strategies with people right. and companies having things like forums to talk about it.
0: Yeah, because I do notice this
1: with a lot of things, companies
0: will go out of their way to, they'll help somebody in a wheelchair. They'll, you know, like all this stuff is not one you ever hear of. So I don't know if companies even have a clue how to accommodate something like that, because again, it's not something people talk at, talk about. So bringing this up and yeah. making people aware and helping them, it's like, help me to help you. I can do a phenomenal job. I have all these skills, but we need to kind of meet halfway on certain things. And let me tell you what would, I could use and then getting more people to talk about it can help a company because you have great strengths in so many other areas. So you kind of
1: team up. So someone else might not have those skills, but have these skills. You you know, yeah. Yeah. And it is it's it's getting people to understand that it's about reasonable adjustments. And the way I describe it is, a lot of people wear glasses. Okay, let's ban glasses in the workplace because they are a reasonable adjustment. They enable people to see clearer to do their job that's all reason adjustments is when we talk about neurodiverse conditions whether it's autism or ADHD or dyslexia right. it's giving someone something to be able to help them be their best and work at their best which then in turn well that's going to help the company right. that's going to have you know, they will be more productive they're going to be happier yeah. you're likely to retain your staff more right.
0: yeah if you if you go out of your way to help me even go anywhere to make adjustments to help me to help you. I'm going to stay here forever. You know, yeah. <laughs> makes you feel and that's the thing. And all of that
1: company knowledge. Then people get you know when you stay with a company and you've been there for five years, you get to know people. Right. But also by enhancing the neurodiverse person's experience within the workplace, you're opening up other market sectors for your products potentially because they will see things in a different way. So then they'll be able to help you sell it in the right way for other people right. as well.
0: For sure. That's I mean. Can you share some insights into your public speaking engagements and the impact that they've had on raising awareness about neurodiversity?
1: Okay, it's public speaking. So in the public speaking element, I've done things like talking at the Dyslexia Show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that was really great because it means you can go and get to interact with people that are dyslexic. You're able to build that awareness and share topics with individuals. And some events it will be about me explaining what workplace strategy coaching is and how that would differ from other coaching. Other public speaking events, it's about me sharing my own experience with dyslexia in the workplace, the barriers I've encountered, the workplace strategies, and how my internal thoughts were shaped initially and how I changed them. I would say that's probably the main element. And then there's a lot of public speaking where it'll be done about just what is neurodiversity? Let's just have a chat about it mm-hmm. and break in all of that stigma down and re-educating people.
0: Right.
1: For me, it's about it's about getting neurodiverse people to understand that the goals inside them, those deep ones right down that they're like, I can't do that. They're the ones for me I wanna, I wanna talk about. <laughs> And because a lot of people can feel because of previous, you situations, they can't fly really high. I'm here to tell them they can and they can fly a lot higher than they ever thought possible. And it's about empowering people and being able to do that public speaking, can share that knowledge, can share that inspiration. And there's loads of famous people around with all of these conditions. And that's great. But for some people that the the difference and disparity is too far. They want to hear from someone who is on the same level
0: right.
1: or in their eyes, more achievable level to them. Right. And that can be really helpful and inspiring as well. And well, that's awesome because again,
0: people, if no one's talking about it,
1: you know, you just feel alone and knowing that
0: and seeing someone who's talking from experience and seeing your success. Wow, okay, so that could be me. You know, and it is, it's really helpful.
1: And I've done public speaking things and I've been looking and I remember this lady crying in the audience and my heart was like, oh my goodness, what have I said wrong in a sense? And afterwards she came up and she went, I could just empathise with you so much, but thank you because you've shared some things that I never thought I could do. And you've given me the courage to actually give it a go
0: makes it all worthwhile. Did it. yeah yeah and we kind of touched on this a little bit but I guess what message do you want to convey about dyslexia and, and neurodiversity to the broader public
1: the message I'd want to kind of convey is having a neurodiverse condition doesn't limit your ability at all it's the environment that can have that massive positive or negative impact but also we can As a society, if a society can kind of foster and culture a more inclusive environment, then that's going to make everything happier for everybody Mm -hmm. and everyone will flourish. Mm -hmm. And isn't that what we all want for everyone is just to everyone to be happy, work together, let's enhance people's strengths. Mm -hmm. And if people don't know about neurodiversity, get inquisitive, find out, ask. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd much prefer someone to kind of say, you know, what is dyslexia? How does it affect you? What does it, what does it mean? Right. For me, that's not going to offend me. For me, that's like brilliant, let me tell you. Yeah. And the same when people have a misunderstanding of it, I now see it as an opportunity to re-educate people. So it's about understanding those unique strengths and just right. saying to people, go for it. Have that confidence. Learn about your condition yourself though as well. Learn about what it means to you.
0: I I totally get it. Now, is there anything else you're working on that you're that's going on that you want to talk about that we didn't touch on yet?
1: Oh, yeah, there's some things I suppose up my sleeve in a way. So uh, I am working on a children's book that I'm hoping will be brought out sometime this year, which will be really aimed at neurodiverse parents though, and interacting with their children when they've got younger children and reading those bedtime stories. Nice. So that will be something that will be kind of coming out later this year. And for me, I'm doing a lot more on the coaching of individuals. I'm seeing a lot of clients seem to be entrepreneurs or small businesses. That seems to be a higher level than the companies. I love having the mix of corporate companies and those small kind of companies. It's a real, real kind of difference. Those kind of nice. self-employed people, and corporate.
0: Hey, you know what? I mean, well, the self-employed people would love to eventually become a corporate person. They just have to get there and it's, you know, yeah. And then messages would be different obviously because you got one who's overseeing people and one who's trying to get to that point. Yeah, it's awesome because again, not many people understand how many people this affects. So.
1: And it affects loads. It's, you know, in the UK alone, you're talking about one in five, roughly, are going to be dyslexic. And as awareness is growing, we're seeing a lot more people getting diagnosed later on in life, or having a realisation that they do have a condition. So as time goes on, this potentially will be a lot higher percentage of people going into the workforce. So we really do need to get an understanding of it to Mm -hmm. help everybody.
0: And just so people know, you work with people and companies around the world, right? Or just not in the UK. Anymore.
1: Yeah, no, not UK only. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stick just to one kind of pod. So <laughs> that's no, nice. and, and that's the nice. It's, yeah. it's nice being able to broad out and have those different, different countries' experience as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm happy to work wherever and happy to talk wherever as well. Yeah. No, it's good for companies, too, because corporations like nowadays, they're
0: starting to realize that, one, people spend more time in their office than they do at home half the time. So Mm -hmm. all of the different aspects of whether it be emotional stress, whatever the case may be, they're trying to, you know, have people come in and talk to the staff and just tell them that we're here to help whatever your issues are. You're not alone. We have resources, blah, blah, blah. So even something like this, if someone has issues and they're not talking about it, having someone come in and talk to the, the staff and tell them, you know, do you ever struggle with this? Maybe they don't realize what they have they just realize they struggle in these aspects and it's like okay well if you're struggling with this you know just know that you're not alone this is an issue not an uncommon one and there are resources for you so you know anybody in companies if you have a stand the same. yeah there's always a solution to a problem yes for sure (laughs) then how can people learn more about you and get a hold of you
1: so you will be able to find me on LinkedIn, um, on Facebook, on Instagram as well. If you put in Kirsty Heap or even the Dyslexic Coach, I will come up that way. And I'm more than happy to have those conversations with people just about what it is and just sound out ideas. I'm here to help people and I don't want anybody suffering in silence. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Again, that was Kirsty Heap. So thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing and click the bell notification to be notified of new episodes. So thank you again. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.